right, if you have your Bibles, turn to um, John chapter 4. I got three texts, so I'll give you just one of them right now. John chapter 4, verse 22 through 39. John chapter 4, 22 through 39. I'm currently in a series on how to know and love and be in the will of God. And the way to be in the will of God is found five times in the Word of God in the phrase day by day. <clears throat> you know, you, some people worry about the will of God 15 years from now and 15 days from now, but if you'll just be in the will of God day by day, 15 years from now, you'll be in the will of God, amen? But I don't know about you, but I appreciate that song, amen? Everybody take a deep breath. All right, that's how much you need God, amen? Every breath is an individual blessing from God. Every heartbeat's an individual blessing from God. And on Valentine's, I usually preach on marriage. <clears throat> and marriage is more than just marriage. Marriage is spiritual oneness. It's God's plan. And I want to say this, you are kidding yourself if you feel like you can be married successfully or spiritually speaking uh, without God. God is love. Two sinners can never meet each other's needs. The best you can do is manipulate. Amen? You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You make me mad, I'll make you mad. <laughs> Amen? Uh, and I want to tell you something. A lot of people in the flesh manipulate. That's the most you can do. But in the spirit, you can minister one to another because you can overflow. God never filled you with the spirit of God to speak in tongues, uh, charismatic. God filled you to overflow. And God filled you to love. And folks, I want to tell you something. If you want to have an exciting relationship, be filled with the Spirit of God. First of all, you need to be saved. You need to be saved to possess the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes into your life, but then He fills you or controls you. How many has ever been controlled by anger? Say amen. What a great Sunday school lesson this morning. Amen. Uh, everybody needs that lesson on how to forgive and be like Jesus. Amen. And not amplify somebody's sin, but cover it by prayer. Amen. And so uh, that's my little lesson on marriage, since I'm not teaching on it, because I'm not going to break this series. The Lord wouldn't let me. Uh, I'm going to preach on through. And this morning we're going to preach on true worship day by day. True worship day by day. <clears throat> you know, uh, Frankie Sheridan, our missionary to North Dakota, is going to church, and it's going to be 34, not wind chill factor, 34 degrees below zero this morning. They're going to try their best to get there. You know why? Because he's worthy of worship. He's worthy of sacrifice. He's worthy to get cold and get out. And we uh, North Georgians, we don't know what cold is compared to North Dakota. Amen. And I appreciated that. appreciate the letter I got from him this week and uh, talking about how difficult it is with all the water frozen, all the streets frozen, to be faithful to church. But some of his people are still faithful. So I appreciate that report. All right, let's stand in awe of the Word of God. <clears throat> I'm going to try to be as brief as it can be. We shortened the song service by a whole lot. I hope by Easter we can have the choir singing again. And uh, we might have to spread out, but we'll, we'll try something. Amen. Maybe have one choir member there, one choir member there, one choir member there. Just sing the same song, praise God. Anyway, but we'll, we're going to do something. Amen. Uh, and I thank God for the good song we just heard. Let's begin with um, verse 22. Uh, you worship, you know not what. You know what, you, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jew. Now let me give you a little background 
Jesus goes out of his way to Samaria, the mongrel nation, the half-breed nation. Jews do not have anything to do with Samaritans. <clears throat> and he goes and witnesses to a lady next to a well and talks to her about the water that will never run dry and the th water that you'll never thirst again for. And then she gives a rebuttal about religion. She gets into religion. Now here's a woman that's living with, has lived with five men. She's not married to the man that she's married to. In verse 19 through 21, she, she wants to talk about a place of worship. And she wants to talk about religion. And so he said, you worship not, uh, we, you worship ye not uh, what we know what we worship for salvation is the Jews. But the hour cometh, now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father, here it is, <clears throat> in the Spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship must worship him in spirit and in truth. If it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Say amen right there. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, this is so neat, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. So no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. <clears throat> Is not this the Christ? And then they went out of the city and came into him. And in the meanwhile, the disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. And he said to them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man bought him, bought him aught to eat? And Jesus said to him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. And say ye not, There are four, yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. <clears throat> and he, he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathered fruit into life eternal, that he, both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth, another reapeth. I sent you to reap that where you bestow no labor. Other men laboreth, and you entered into their labor. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testify, he told me all that I ever I did. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the privilege, one of the greatest privileges on this earth, <clears throat> that's to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we know, <clears throat> we know without a doubt, this is a privilege. And Lord, some people have not had the privilege in weeks uh, to be here and they're back with us today and we rejoice in that, that you've given their health back. And God, we just appreciate seeing them. We do pray for those that cannot be here, those who are watching by way of internet. I pray, God, they'll worship with us in spirit and in truth. And God, if there's any that's not saved, do not have the Spirit of God in their life, to overflow and love others, in marriage and other relationships, to forgive, as we've been taught this morning, 
God, please save them. Lord, the most urgent need in this room is that souls be saved. And so, dear God, please work. Please, God, use me as a vessel of your spirit. And use your word, as you always do, to penetrate hearts. God, to help people to get past religion and get a relationship with a living God. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name for all that you do through your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice that there's several day-by-days, Brother Cody, you'll go to the next slide, and how to know the will of God. It's very simple. The word of God is very simple. Now, if you uh, <clears throat> have one of those funny Bibles, it will you'll not see this phrase day-by-day. You might see some other phrase. We go by the King James Bible here. But, you know, we win the warfare over temptation day by day. That was our lesson last week. That was our sermon last week. You're going to be tempted. Amen. You're going to be tempted. Joseph was tempted, but he did not fall to temptation. He was framed. He was imprisoned. And from prisoner, he became prime minister, all for the glory of God. What a great lesson it is. On Romans 8, 28, all things work together, together, amen? And then the second day by day that we're going to preach on today and tonight is that we ought to worship him daily or day by day. I I want you to notice in the Word of God in Numbers chapter 28 and verse 3, Numbers 28, verse 3, the Bible says, And I shall say unto them, This is the offering made by fire, which ye shall offer to the Lord, Two lambs of the first year without spot, day by day, for a continual burnt offering. And if you'll notice in Second Chronicles in chapter 30 and verse 21, 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 21, it says, And the children of Israel that went uh, were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of the unleavened bread seven days with great gladness, and the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day. By day, singing uh, with loud instruments unto the Lord. Amen. That's why I believe in this uh, piano and organ. It's good to have our organist back. Amen. Uh, she's been uh, uh, missed a couple of weeks, and boy, that organ's beautiful. I appreciate it. Appreciate Miss Trudy. But I want you to know, friend, that we need to have true worship. We need to have true worship when we come in this place. You know, some people fool around and pass notes, and we've got several dating couples here, and they date the girl or date the boy, and that's all fine, and I think the greatest date you can ever go on is in church, say amen. Uh, Brother Tony, this, morning, uh, this, after, this, this week's doing a marriage uh, retreat, and he asked me for some outlines. I hope he could use some of them, and uh, he's having renewal of wedding vows this morning, and I thought about the first date he ever had was at Whitfield Baptist Church. His wife said, if you're going to date me, buddy, they met at Dalton State College. If you're going to date me, you're going to have to come to Whitfield Baptist Church Sunday morning. And he came, fell in love with Jesus, started teaching in Bible school, became the assistant pastor for nine um, years, and now he's pastoring a great church in Covington, Georgia. Amen. Hey, that date paid off, praise God. Amen. First date in church. That's wonderful. But how I want you to know God created you to love him. And God created you to worship him. And, you know, I'll define worship in a minute, but when you get to the Ten Commandments, a lot of people are law keepers, and we ought to love God with all our heart and all our soul. That's a great commandment, amen, and all our mind. But, um, 
you'll notice in Exodus chapter 20, uh, his admonition, before he even gave the um, uh, Ten Commandments, he said this in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1, And God spake unto all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, <clears throat> and out of the house of bondage. Remember the day God saved you? Folks, he deserves your worship. He deserves your adoration. He deserves your love because he first loved you at Calvary. Look at verse 2. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And here it is. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. <clears throat> that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt bow down thyself. Here it is. Thou shalt bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And then verse 7 says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless and taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Folks, it goes on with the Ten Commandments. Before that, he establishes this fact. You ought to love God. <clears throat> you ought to adore God. You ought to worship God as the only God. And folks, people fail to grasp the significance of God inviting us to worship him and to fear him, and even to love him, and to prefer him. Centuries pass from Mount Sinai, and we see Jesus engaged in a candid but compassionate conversation with a woman of Samaria. And alongside a well, he's extending the, the wellspring of abundant life and eternal life to her. See, he knows that her... Uh, a lifestyle <clears throat> could not fill the needed vacancy and vacuum in her heart. Uh, not mere obedience to the law, trying to figure out a place to worship as she rebuttals. And he, and he, and he presents himself as the Messiah. And he says something right in the middle of his uh, soul-winning experience. He says, you need to worship in spirit and in truth. You need to worship me in spirit and in truth. And so there's a great lesson on worship in John chapter 4. I want you to notice that, first of all, she begins to um, talk about religion. Uh, letting God get close to her, was a, she was afraid of that. And folks, you know, a lot of times people say religion is man's effort to get to heaven, and it is. Um, <clears throat> Mormonism climbs the ladder of obedience to try to get to a celestial kingdom. Um, people try to do several things uh, to be accepted by God. And folks, there's only one way to be accepted by God, and that's through the blood of Jesus. Amen? It's only through Jesus. And he's presenting himself, <clears throat> and he's saying, Hey, listen, lady, don't worry about the place to worship. And don't worry about religion. What you need to do is realize who I am. I'm Jesus. <clears throat> I'm Christ. And I love you. 
and I'll give you my life if you'll only trust me. And so, folks, a lot of people build great cathedrals. And uh, I thank God for this place of worship. I thank God it's paid for. Amen. Thank God. Um, but I want to say this, folks. God sometimes is in the religious house, but he's not in your house. And we give him one day of the week, and then we keep the other days to ourselves. The Bible says we ought to go day by day in our worship. We ought to worship God day by day. Uh, a lot of people have religions uh, that have special days, and they keep the rest of the days themselves. Special ceremonies. Um, religion says, give me 15 minutes a day to pray, and then we, uh, we'll get God off our back if we'll just do that. And then the rest, 23 and three-fourths hours, uh, we keep him at a distance. Uh, we keep him at arm's length. So religion keeps God at arm's length. Folks, we need to have a relationship with the Lord. That's why I believe it's important to know the will of God, yes, is to win the warfare with temptation day by day. Don't drop your guard. But I'll say this, friend, it's God's perfect will, very simple today, <clears throat> to worship him, to adore him, to love him day by day. It'll change your life. Folks, there is no ground that's not holy ground. On your job, you ought to worship God. Folks, preaching ought to be a worship to God. Everything you do, every breath, every heartbeat, your marriage ought to be an act of worship. There ought to be some sacredness about practicing the presence of God. Amen? When the Holy Spirit comes home with you, it'll make a difference, and there'll be more than just honoring God, but you'll respect each other, and that'll change your marriage. In 30 seconds, you can energize your marriage by respecting each other. The Bible says honor the weaker vessel, that you can be heirs together of the grace of life. What a beautiful picture of marriage, heirs together of the grace of life, getting things money cannot buy from God like peace and love and joy and mutual respect and mutual submission, thanksgiving, appreciation, you ever been taken for granted? Don't raise your hand. <clears throat> You'll find out the rest of the day. This is Valentine's, and I could give you the history of Valentine's, but I ain't got time to get into it. But the New Testament, or the Old Testament, excuse me, the word worship means to lower one's body or to stretch out with one's face to the ground as a man paying honor to bow, to humble, to ask earnest, to do obeisance, to show reverence. That's what the word worship means in the Old Testament. That's why I believe that when you come to the house of God, you ought to try to look your best, amen? The best you got is a pair of overhauls, wash them, <laughs> amen? Uh, take, a, take a bath on Saturday night. It's God's house on Sunday, amen, come on. I believe that you ought to respect this place. I believe, folks, it's special. Folks, there's something neat about being in the presence of God, but there's something... Uh, uh, special about being in the house of God and there's something special when it's scriptural worship, praise God it's Christ honoring music say amen, it's not some rock and roll concert, we're not trying to bring God down on our level so we can manage him, we're not here to be entertained, we're here to bless the Lord you ever heard somebody say this well I didn't get a thing out of the service 
Well, that's not why you're here. What you ought to ask is, God, did you get anything out of my service? We're not here just to be blessed, but I think it ought to be a blessing to say amen. I believe the preaching ought to be preaching and the singing ought to be good singing. But I want to say this, friend, God help us if we're coming just to get. We are coming to the house of God to give him worship, to praise his holy name, to pray together, to sing together, and yes, to preach together. That's worship. I like it, don't you? I've been doing it a long time here, and I thank God for it. I believe I counted up one time, and I shouldn't have done that, but I think I've preached over 8,000 sermons since I started the church in 1978 in this place. Some of y'all are very patient. I'll tell you that right now. And then in the New Testament, worship means to kiss. How about that? To bow down closer to, literally or figuratively. It means lie flat before uh, someone to show respect, adoration, and love. And folks, this morning I pray, oh, I pray that you'll worship God. But I pray that tomorrow when you go to your job, you worship God. And I pray most important of all that you bring the Holy Spirit home, which you do because he's in you, and he will not leave you or forsake you, that you don't quench him or despise him or take him for granted when you go home. That's the most important place besides the house of God. There ought to be a place of worship. You're practicing his presence. So I want to give you a few things real quick in this passage of Scripture. I'd like to preach verse by verse if I can. But in verse 27, we see, first of all, if you're going to worship God, we'll get to the rest of that later in weeks to come, Brother Cody. We see in verse 27, in John chapter 4, please, the Bible says this, And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, Yet no man said, What seeketh thou, or why talkest thou with her? Folks, I believe with all my heart, and uh, if you'll back up, uh, uh, and I think this is the main part of the message this morning, is that we ought to open our heart to the love of God. We ought to open up our heart, not be closed-spirited, not be closed-minded, but I mean we ought to adore and love and give our life to God. That's worship. It's sweet incense in his nostrils when we say, Lord, I love you. I love you with all my heart. Now, I skipped the first point, Brother Cody, but, uh, you know, we need to purge our imagination by the beauty and majesty of God. In verse 23, the Bible says, But the hour cometh, and now is when when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh to worship him. Now, folks, let me just say this, is that we need to see God differently than the world. He's more than a cart boy at a grocery store. A prayer sometimes becomes a long list, and we have a glorified Santa Claus when we pray. Lord, give me this, 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 and this, and I've been good, so could you give me this, 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 and this? But I want to tell you something. I believe, and I'll preach on this tonight, one of the greatest things about prayer is communion. We ought to open our heart to God, but we ought to also open up our minds uh, to the beauty and majesty of God. She was overlooking him. She was saying, hey, listen, uh, I want to be a true worshiper, but I want to do it in the law, and I want to do it in this place, 
and I know I need to repent and get my life right. And he said, hey, listen, don't go to religion. Hey, come to me. I love you. In Isaiah chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. And how did he see the Lord? High and lifted up. Amen. He is majestic. He's almighty. And you know what's encouraged me during this pandemic? Pandemic and this political chaos. Good. Now, don't even get me started on that. Is that God still on the throne? Amen. He's still in control. We are falling apart. I'm telling you what, this nation's in chaos. Amen. And everybody's picking sides. I want to tell you something. I'm on the winning side. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, friend. I'm not politicking or running for any office. I know I represent him. I'm his ambassador. And I want to be in the perfect will of God. And that can be a light and a solace. And so in the year King Uzziah died, it upset Isaiah. But he saw him high and lifted up. And his train did fill the temple. That's a picture of his robe. And folks, the Bible says that he repented and God purged his lips and God sent him forth. And folks, there's a beautiful passage of worship. Isaiah finally saw the Lord high and lifted up. The trouble with the church today is that we've tried to put God on manageable terms and we're trying to make sure that we uh, dictate what God does in our life when we need to surrender to the perfect will of God day by day. And so the two questions that uh, Paul asks on the road to Damascus is very important. Lord, who art thou? And what would you have me to do? And folks, I want to tell you something. That's the, most, that's the most important questions you'll ask. Who is God? And worship is finding out who God is. It's looking in the word of God and seeing his image. And if you don't see Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, you need to read it again. Because it's his story. In the beginning, God. God, what a powerful verse. God. And folks, everything begins with God. Everything's sustained by God. Folks, you're saved because of God and his grace and his son that he sent on the cross of Calvary. And thank God, folks, we need to purge our imagination by looking at the beauty and majesty of God back in verse, uh, point number one, Brother Cody. I wanted to get to point two so bad I jumped to it. Because it's on the love of God. But I thank God. I thank God that we can come here and not just see a preacher or see a, a deacon or see a teacher. But we can see God. You can see God in this word. It's a mirror of his image. And our marriage ought to mirror his image. Male and female becoming one. Amen. That's exactly what the Bible says. And we ought to model his love. Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. But I want to tell you something, friend. Even as is picturing Christ. And folks, with the word of God, we see God as majestic. We see him as beauty. And the beauty of holiness is mentioned three times in the word of God. We see him as a holy God. We see him as a righteous God. We see him as God Almighty. We see him the Lord of hosts. He's powerful. We see him as a loving father. And that's such a pretty and beautiful picture. He's our father. He loves you. With all the mighty names of God, he wants us to call him father. The other day, it was a strange, strange thing happened. 
a young man wanted to pray at a funeral. And he looked at me and he said, uh, Preacher, I've got to get this vision out. I said, oh, no, we're in trouble. He goes to a church that took over Highland Park, bought it. And it's one of those one-name churches. I'll stay with Baptists by conviction. Amen. And I, I know we're not the only one right. We're not the only one going to heaven. Amen. I, come on. But I want to tell you something, folks. If there's anything closer to the Word of God, I'll be it. I would. I sure would. Now I remember he started praying. He's a young man. I think he was very enthusiastic. He was very enthusiastic. It was, it was uh, 40 below zero on my toes. It was only about 27 with a wind chill factor of about 22. And that young man pre, uh, preached. He did bootleg preach. He prayed for 30 minutes before I preached. And I didn't mind that. Matter of fact, I put my head in my hat. Brother Randy didn't even have a sense enough to have a hat with his bald head. He was over there shaking. I was shaking. But one thing that really bothered me is when he started calling God Daddy in his prayer. And I know what they're coming from is he's Abba Father. But folks, I believe with all my heart he's, he's more than just a daddy and he's more than just an earthly father. He's a father that will always love us. He's a father that always cares and he's a father that makes no mistake. Say amen. Thank God we can worship a heavenly father in respect and honor. And folks, I believe we ought to come to him in Jesus' name. All that the name of Jesus means, that's his character. That's his will. That's what he wants in our life. We need to come to Jesus and see him high and lift it up, Isaiah. We need to come to Jesus this morning and say, hey, listen, I'm not coming here and paying my little 30-minute uh, dues. I'm not here by commandment. I'm here because I love God. Amen? You ought to love God. Folks, he loved you enough to die for your sins. He loved you enough to go to the empty, the old cold tomb and and thank God it became an empty tomb and he arose from the dead. He loved you enough to walk this earth seen by over 500 men um, and, and then ascend to heaven. And he loves you enough one day to come back for you. Amen. He's coming again. And he's not coming in the lowly stable and he's not coming as a, as a, as a humble savior. He's coming as Lord of lords and King of kings. Revelation 19 says he will come with white horses. I always wanted to ride horses. Last time I rode a horse was in my teenage years. No, it was when I was about 25 as a youth pastor. And that crazy horse exhaled before they put the, the saddle on. And he ex, he, uh, no, he inhaled, he inhaled when they put the saddle on. And he exhaled when I got on him. And the next thing I know, my foot's caught in the stirrup. And I am being drugged through the pasture, through some very unlikable stuff. Uh, through the pasture, drugged by those, those horses, and I got back up and I said, well, it didn't hurt too bad. I was trying to impress my youth group. I was a city slicker down in Claxton, Georgia, and that horse about killed me. I ain't been on one since. My wife loves horses. She can go ahead and ride them all we want to. And the other day I thought about getting on one, but it cost a quarter up here in uh, Western Sizzling, amen. <laughs> but folks, one day I'm going to ride a horse with a glorified body. I'm going to be in the army of the Lord and folks, King of King and Lord of Lords will be in his name. It's the blood of his, on his vesture and 
Thank God, friend, every knee is going to bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So either bow now or bow later. And folks, we ought to bow to him right now saying, Lord, you are God Almighty. Amen. This lady was overlooking Jesus. He was speaking to her and he said, what place should we worship? Jacob worshiped here and my I need to be religious. No, you don't need to be religious. Yes, you do, but you need to have a relationship that makes you religious. Day by day, read your Bible. Day by day, pray to a living God. Day by day, love him, adore him, worship him, bow before him. Day by day, surrender all to him, your thoughts, your prayers, all to him. And don't dictate to God how you're going to live that day. Just surrender to him. Amen. Folks, when you worship God, he purges you of your imaginations. And he casts down, as the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, every imagination, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. The greatest position in this church is servant. That we can get to serve a living God. That we get to serve the one that's on the throne. That we get to serve the one that loved us enough to come to this earth and condescend and Give up the splendor and glory of heaven. And as the song says, if that's not love, there is no love. And die for your sins. He's a heavenly father. But he's a heavenly God. Number two. I see in verse 27 that I tried to skip to prematurely. I'm glad I didn't leave that point out. Amen. He's God. But look at verse 27. Upon this came his disciples and marveled that he taught with the woman. Yet no man said, What seeketh thou? Why talkest thou with her? Number two, in real true worship, day by day, we need to open, we need to open our heart to the love of God. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what moves me, motivates me. As the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, constrains me, the love of God. When I want to quit, I think about Calvary. When I want to get even, like the the Sunday school lesson warned us about, I think about Calvary. When I don't want to forgive, I think about Calvary. When I'm scared, when I'm full of myself and I want to do what I want to do, I think about Calvary. Folks, the love of God constrains. I want to tell you what, the reason that these disciples were so amazed, number one, he was talking to a woman. But number two, he was talking to a Samaritan woman. All you equal rights ladies, uh, I'm not an Adam's, uh, listen, I'm not an equal rights person. I'm an Adam's river, amen. I believe that God created male and female. But I want to tell you something. If you read the book of Galatians, and you think about these verses here, God has liberated women and God has exalted women and folks listen a lot of people think that we narrow minded independent Baptists uh, we're against this and against that but I want to tell you something God's for women 
it wasn't for women in this church, we'd be in trouble. So, ladies, you ought to say amen right there, amen. I mean, we got more women teachers and praise God. We even got a women usher this morning. Pray, no, no, only kidding, Miss Kathy. But thank God he talked to her and he loved her. That was against the cut. She was a Samaritan. She was a half-breed. Jews did not talk to her and they marveled and they came back. And they said, why don't you, uh, we've just been to the Piggly Wiggly. Uh, why don't you take some of these groceries? He said, I'm not hungry. He says, well, somebody else brought you groceries? He said, no. I have meat. The will of God that you know not of satisfies my soul. I want to tell you something. It pleasures God to love you. It pleased God to bruise his only begotten son to love you. He loves you. And folks, worship is just saying, Lord, I love you. I mean, we're going to get deep this morning. But I want to tell you something. When my wife says, I love you, I think she expects a response. Amen? Not that, hey, I told you 43 years ago I loved you, and when I stopped loving you, I'll let you know. No, I won't be married long if I have that attitude. I need to say, I love you too, honey. Then we ought to get in an argument about who loves each other the most. Amen. We ought to express our love. That's why Valentine's is not of the devil. This is not Halloween. Praise God. It's about two martyrs, I believe. But I want to tell you this, friend. We ought to express ourselves. We ought to express our love to God. To God. You know why Jesus was speaking to this lady? Because he loved her. You know why Jesus was reaching down and went out of his way to Samaria? Because he loved her. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'll quit with this point, so don't panic. But I want to tell you something, friend. We ought to get on our knees this morning, and we ought to come to this altar, or we ought to make an altar where you're sitting, and we ought to adore the Lord one more time. And we ought to say, I love you one more time. And we ought to mean it in our heart. And it ought to move us volitionally. Our will, our mind, our will, our emotions should be given to God because he's given us everything. It's only your reasonable service that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. God's not asking too much for you to give your whole life to him because he gave his all for you. And he's Lord. But folks, he's a Lord that loves you. I want you to turn and close into Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And look at verse 37. The disciples were asking what was the greatest commandment. All hung up on his law stuff, you know. The law is a schoolmaster to teach you you're a sinner. You'll never measure up. You'll never be perfect. You'll never be good enough or religious enough to go to heaven. But God loved you enough to come from heaven to here to give you eternal life. But he says in Matthew 22, look at it, verse 37. Well, let's go back to verse 36. It says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is likened to that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
But these two commandments hangs all the laws and the prophets. So he sum, summarizes the Ten Commandments and said the greatest is whatever you do, you ought to love God. Number one, you ought to love him passionately with all your heart. Now, I want to tell you something, friend. God expects and deserves worship and love with all your heart. With all your heart. I mean, a lot of Christians, and this will date me, are like Brill Cream Christians. When I used to have hair, I used to get Brill Cream, and I'd slick it up and slop it to the side. Now my wife says it's a great cover-over. I just comb it over, amen? She's in the nursery. I can say that. But I want to say this, friend. The, the theme of Brill Cream was a little dab will do you. Y'all remember that? None of you are old enough to remember that. Just a little dab of do. Well, I, th I don't know what the dab did to mine, but I, it's gone. Now I use mop and glow. But listen, listen, listen. It's not a little dab of do you, Christianity. It's not just one day of the week. It's not just one service a week. I can't get to understand why people can't make it to Sunday school and they can't make it back on Sunday night. I can't understand that. I'm longing to come back on Sunday night. And I love Wednesday night. God moved in our hearts Wednesday night. I was sick as a dog and had my old pulpit up here that they built in 1977 and I used in 78 and that thing was shaking and rolling and I thought I was going to shake and roll right off the platform and God blessed our hearts with the truth of Psalm 71. And folks, listen, I don't understand why people don't want to read their Bible every day. It's God's love letter from heaven. He's got a plan for your life. Folks, it's not a road map, it's a relationship, the will of God. The will of God's not a road map, it's a relationship. And we, get in, we fall in love with Jesus as we read his word. And this young lady, or maybe middle-aged lady, messed up her life. Five, had five men and none of them were her husband. And the one she was living with wasn't her husband. And she was just, a, she was just in, in, a, in a bad state of being. The Lord spoke to her. The Lord sought her out. And the Lord loved her. And folks, I want to tell you something. Her response was what well, our response ought to be with all our heart, passionately. And then it says, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's selflessness with all your soul. With all your soul. That's yourself. Folks, if you're ever going to love God like you ought to love God, you're going to have to love him more than yourself. See, most of the time, the God or the idol that gets in our way is ourself. Our schedule. Our entertainment. We even love sports more than we do the Savior. None of those jaybirds that played in the Super Bowl last Sunday night died for your sins. They, some of them could care less about you. And folks, sometimes people skip church to watch a ball game. God help us. We skip church to work. God gave you strength to work and gave you enough sense to take off on Sunday. Ask your boss 
let you off. Folks, God gave you health to be here this morning. And a lot of people come to church and say, well, I didn't get a thing out of that. You know, I mean, he, he, you know, the preacher was about a six, maybe a seven. I've heard better. I know you've heard a lot better than me. But I want to tell you something, friend. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here that you'll get impressed with him. I don't want to depress you. But I don't, I don't, I'm not here to impress you. We don't need more celebrities in the pulpit. We need servants that will lift him up and love him with all their heart and all their soul. Love is passionate. You spend money on what you love. Where your treasure is, there is your heart. If you love the Georgia Bulldogs, you'll go all the way to Athens and spend a whole lot of money. I couldn't believe the last time and the first time and last time I ever went to one of those games I spent $20 to park in a yard. <laughs> and they parked the car in such a tight situation, I couldn't even get it out. It was on a slope under a tree in a yard that belonged to the varsity place. I love their hot dogs, but I don't like their parking lot. And I, we walked five miles to the stadium. If I'm paying $20, I want a valet, praise God. I want somebody to take me to the to the 50-yard line, put me down. And then, boy, my son, he's dressed in all orange because he's one of those Tennessee fans. I'm in all red because we're loyal to our team, Brother Randy. You're orange and blue, aren't you? Yeah. Anyway, he's gator. And, uh, and, and, and we walk to the game. It's 93 degrees. We're playing Tennessee, so I know who's going to win. <laughs> I'm making some people really mad. But anyway, <clears throat> and then we get to the stands. It's hot. They're all throwing bubble gum at my son. They're throwing popcorn at my son. He's the only one in the stands with orange on. I mean, the only one. I said, you're a loyal, aren't you, son? I said, I'd wear a little red, praise God. Nope, I'm a Tennessee fan. Die hard. I said, okay, you might die hard. This crowd gets a hold of you. They'd come by and say, well, at least you got a basketball team. All kinds of stuff. I mean, these rednecks from Georgia. They were letting us have it. But I'll tell you what topped it all off was that those University of Georgia scholastic, brilliant students thought stands meant stand the whole time. And we stood the whole time. I sat down and missed a touchdown. I sat down. I said, I'm not going to take this anymore. It's 93 degrees. I'm about 70 years old. Uh, this is fun, Stephen. Praise God. You're getting harassed, and I'm sitting here, can't see a thing. But we love the dogs. <laughs> and then we walked back to five miles to the car and couldn't get it out. My wife said, how'd you like the game? I said, I like my TV better. <laughs> but we do. we spend money, spend time, sacrifice for what we love. Let me ask you a question. How much you love Jesus? Well, I would come to the church, but all they want is my money. We don't want your money. God wants your heart. Come on. Well, I would come to church, but they preach 45 minutes. And you go home and watch the NFL for four hours and 45 minutes. And then your team, if it's the Falcons, usually lose. They find a way, don't they? But I don't want to get off on that. I want to say, friend, listen, 
Here it is. We ought to love passionately. We ought to love selflessly. But then it says, with all thy mind. We ought to love thoughtfully, scripturally. I want to tell you something. If you want to get the proper view of God, get in this book. If you really want to get to know God, get in this book. Hey, if you really want to know the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ, let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. Get in this book, the Word of God, and yield to His Spirit. And the Spirit of God's office is to reveal Him. I'll get in that to tonight. To reveal Him. To revere Him, but to reveal Him. To lift Him up. You can't even call Him Lord except by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just lifts him up. He don't want a Holy Ghost campaign. He wants Jesus to be amplified around here. He wants Jesus to be magnified. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit will make all this real. That's why if you're lost, this is a little dull. If you're lost, you really don't want to come to church. You might want to be a little religious, but you don't want to really be here. You want some distance. Because I want to tell you something, lost people don't want the rule of God in their life. We're not sick of our sin yet. And I want to say this, folks, religion keeps you at distance. Because you can have one day, one ritual, one priest, one potentate, even one service a week, and you've done your religious duty. And my Bible says if you want to know the will of God, you need to worship day by day. And Mark and Deuteronomy ain't got time to go there. It says we ought to love him with all our strength, with all our might. There ought to be some enthusiasm. In theos means in God. There ought to be some sacrifice here. There ought to be some offerings here. And I'm talking about offering yourself. There ought to be some diligence. There ought to be some discipline. And folks, that's all love. Hey, I've been married a long time. And I love my wife. And I appreciate she coming here in a cattle truck and didn't know a soul here. and She never complained. She, she often asked this question, Are you sure, honey, this is the will of God? And I will tell you something, friend. I don't count it labor to love her. I thank God that I have her to love her and that she loves me. And if you ever get a hold of how much God loves you on this Valentine's Sunday, you'll never be the same. You need to love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Mark even says, with all your might. Give it all you got because that's all you got. And by the way, He didn't give you life for yourself. All things were created for His pleasure, Revelation 4.11. And the only way to please God, Hebrews 11.6, is by faith. And so thank God this lady went to the town and got a bunch of men. I wonder how she met them and said, you've got to come and see a man that knew all about me. But most of all, He loved me enough to speak to me. And he loved me to tell me 
It's not religion that will save me, but it's a relationship with Him. And folks, I want to tell you something. When she came back, there was a whole lot of people following her because her life had been changed by the love of God. It was no problem for her to come back to Jesus. It was no problem for her to come worship him again. And it was no problem for her to go soul winning and say, come on, I want you to meet the man that changed my life. I want you to meet God. I want you to meet the Messiah. He's here. He's touched my life. He's loved my life. Service is an act of worship. Soul winning is an act of worship. Preaching is an act of worship. Giving an offering is an act of worship. But most important, prayer, loving God should be an act of worship. And tonight, one of the greatest things that you can ever remember is that sin will hinder it all. Adam had perfect communion, perfect love, perfect relationship until sin learned it all. Folks, listen. We ought to love the sinner. We ought to hate sin because it hinders us from worship. Father, use this message. I just got into the introduction of it, but I got blessed and I got challenged and I got under conviction but how much I need to love you more. God, how much you love me more than these, more than people, more than things, more than this world. Lord, thank you for your love. Lord, we love you. We adore you. And our desire day by day is to worship you. God, my prayer for these people is that they'll go to work tomorrow worshiping you. And most indeed that they'll go home this afternoon and worship you. That their children will see the difference. That their mate will experience the love of God flowing from their heart to their heart. God, it will be a time of worship and praise and adoration and practicing your presence. Lord, thank you for the admonition this morning that we're to worship day by day if we're going to be in the perfect will of God. Lord, thank you for your daily provision. And thank you for the, uh, the, the privilege of yielding to the Spirit of God day by day. God, thank you for reminding us this morning that we're here to worship and we're going to leave here to worship the living God, but the loving Father. With every head bowed, every eye closed, this morning, I hope you worship Him. I hope He was not here for any other reason but to worship God. I hope this sermon was an act of worship. I hope your prayers was an act of worship. I hope your offerings you dropped in that basket out there was an act of worship because He's worthy. He's worthy. He saved your unworthy soul. Have me say, preacher, I'm so glad I'm saved. If I died today, I know I'd go to heaven because I've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection 
and I know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up as a happy testimony of that all over this place? Nobody looking, nobody looking around. How many glad you're saved? Say amen. That ought to bring a smile to your heart if it does it in your face. Several cannot raise your hand. We're not here to embarrass anybody and we don't put anybody on the spot. We just don't do that. But we won't do the most we could ever do for you because we love you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. But you say, preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. And there's a lot of my friends been dying. And I know I'm concerned about heaven, but I'm also concerned about the nasty now and now. I need his love. I need his hope. I need his peace. I need his purpose, and that's the will of God to glorify the name of God. And I just know that I'm missing a relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. And I want you to please pray for me in your closing prayer that I'd be saved before it's too late. If that's your prayer this morning, nobody's looking. I want to do the most I could ever do for you. I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down anyone? You're not absolutely sure. Hey, you might be the best Baptist in Dalton, Georgia, but that might not be enough if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, behold, all things come new. This lady didn't go back to her lifestyle. Matter of fact, she went to witnessing and came back and worshiped the Lord with them. What a change. Nobody has to make you go to church once you're saved. You want to go to church. Anybody, real quick? How many say, preacher, I'm saved, but I need to learn to worship God more. I want to worship Him in spirit and in truth. I want to love Him more passionately. I want to love Him more selflessly. I want to love Him scripturally. I just want to love Him with all my might, with all that I got left, with every breath that God's blessed me with. And I just want to worship Him more, love Him more your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? i got to raise both mine. Praise God. I need, I want to love God more. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for uh, this blessing this morning seeing these folks here. It meant a lot to me to see people here. But God, thank you for the way people worshiped and listened. And I pray now they respond to the Word of God and the love of God and just surrender more of their life. Present more of their life just love you more and love their mate more, love their children more, and love lost sinners more, and even love those that hurt them more because that's the way you love us. And we're going to thank you and praise you for the privilege of worshiping you day by day and falling more in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen.